3: Welcome to episode 114 of the Women's Running Podcast. I am your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. Today, we have a very special guest in the shape of Charlie Watson, who you might know better as Runner Beans. Charlie was one of the first runners I followed on Instagram many, many years ago. And her enthusiasm and realism when it came to training, goals and nutrition have been fundamental to my own running journey. So we were thrilled to speak to her here. Charlie has had an adventurous journey so far, from aspiring marathon runner to NHS employee in the face of the pandemic. And she has also very honestly documented her journey to parenthood, of which she touches on at the end of this podcast. To begin with, I ask her, now that she's just completed her 16th marathon, does she still have the fear when she steps on the start line? We also talk about how she got into running in the first place and how she moved into her new career as an NHS dietitian, a sidestep that is in fact entirely linked to her running. Both Holly and I are desperate for advice ahead of Holly's half marathon, so we quiz her here on training and nutrition And if there are any shortcuts we can take ahead of our next goals, I think you all know the answer to that one. Have you joined us on Patreon yet? For just a couple of quid, you'll get some lovely patron-only perks, including an exclusive weekly newsletter from me and Holly, full of secrets and swearing and all sorts. We're also now doing monthly live chats over Zoom exclusively for patrons, so join us over there and you can watch us discuss Bake Off in real time. Sign up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash women's running. This episode is sponsored by Merrill. We love Merrill, which offers exceptional shoes for trail runners and hikers. Merrill exists to share the simple power of being outside with everyone. Its goal is to provide thoughtfully designed, rigorously tested products that over-deliver on performance, versatility and durability. All its shoes are thoroughly tested in the Merrill Test Lab. This is Merrill's innovation incubator, where all its top products come to life. Merrill tests and refines right on the trails, using nature as its guide and elite athletes as its North Star to produce its best performance products. And you can harness some of this expertise for your trail runs right now, because we have an exclusive 20% discount for podcast listeners off all Merrill orders over £50 at sportshoes.com. Just use the code OUTOUT20, that's O-U-T-O-U-T-20, at the checkout on any Merrill products at sportsshoes.com to receive 20% off.
2: It's so nice to meet you. It is and so you. nice
3: to meet you. Yeah, we were just saying, hold that um, it's really weird that our paths haven't like crossed on purpose yet because charlie has Mm -hmm. actually i don't know if you know but she's been on the cover of the magazine but just before we got it so it was before we started i was gonna
2: say i don't think i remember that yeah Yeah. i was also wondering why you guys hadn't potentially crossed paths because i was stalking you this morning charlie sorry (laughs) that's weird um and and i noticed that you guys both stayed at the westin for the london marathon (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and I was like how yeah. come they weren't having that how come you didn't Champagne see each other for croissants for and the more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: well I, I was do you know I was desperately trying to get back because I knew that there was going to be a nice little drink afterwards and everything and I had a bit of an hmm. issue with the bag collection oh no so, yeah so um when I, so I was I was delayed at the end of the the marathon um and then when I came back to the hotel to pick up my stuff i just I grabbed it and ran to Paddington to try and get home as quickly as I could, yeah, um so I kind of missed out on on the celebrations a little bit, but um... yeah, we
1: were in my friends and I were in the bar for a, for a while and then we shimmied over to Shake Shack for a <laughs> burger and chips.
3: <laughs> How was the marathon night nice. did you have a good time
1: yeah i I ran it was just running it for fun and to kind of enjoy it and then at some point I was like oh I could probably run sub four today and then then it becomes like a right head down go for it and I'd positioned kind of friends and family in the last three miles knowing that that was when I was gonna start hurting even if I was just having a for fun day so yeah it was great I loved it
3: well uh, and I don't know have you seen whole that so Charlie went from doing the London Marathon to like Chicago the week after I
1: know. how do you it do that
3: that's insane ins- it is insane yeah. how um, do you go about doing that
1: well about 5k and i was like i've made a terrible terrible mistake <laughs> but i was pacing slash running with a friend for her first road marathon like she had a baby about 18 months ago and i was like i can't leave her i was the one that said let's sign up for chicago and mm-hmm. um, and that was i think i 2020 entry that she's then had a baby since I've you know re- we obviously couldn't run it in previous years so I felt like I kind of had mm. to stay with her and I was like if I if she wasn't there I would a hundred percent have pulled out and just thought this is a really lovely day to be cheering a marathon but um Aww. yeah we, we got That's so it.
2: lovely of you <laughs> yeah do you did, did she enjoy it at least do you feel like she had a good a good marathon.
1: I think she enjoyed half of it. And then I she crossed the finish line <laughs> and she was like, I'm never running again. Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a slog to the finish line. Um, but then, I mean, that later that day, she was like, well, I'm never running again. But obviously, if I get into London by about ballot, you just do it, don't you? And if I got into New York, I would do it. So I feel like it's <laughs> one of those never again. And then a couple of days later, when your legs are feeling a bit better, you're like, oh, I bet I could do that faster. Mm -hmm. I bet I could do, you know, I want to do one somewhere else. So I'm hoping that's the case anyway.
3: Oh, my God.
1: How how many marathons have you done now? That was number 16. Whoa. (laughs) Seasoned. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So does that mean it doesn't carry much fear for you now, that distance? Oh,
1: no. It still definitely does. Um, I think it's the fear that, A, you know, regardless of how fast or how slow you run, it hurts um that anything really can happen with your stomach with your head can go and I think it's the fact that the distance still scares me is enough to make me train whereas I think I've turned up at a few half marathons thinking it's only a half and then being like wow okay this is kind of painful as well so um Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's you know you've got to respect the distance and respect the fact that you're so out of control on race day in terms of like weather and stomach and bag pick up and you know you're relying on so many things to go right to have the perfect day.
3: So have, have any of them gone yeah. spectacularly badly for you?
1: Yes um <laughs> one didn't even get in the list of the 16 because I pulled <gasps> out halfway luckily it was a two lap <sighs> race um and just was not very well it was in Malawi and I think I um perhaps hadn't been filtering the water properly. Or something. Oh no. Anyway, um, so that went terribly. And Chicago, the first time I ran it, um, I was trying to impress my then boyfriend, now husband, and being like, I'm so chill about marathons. We can go and do whatever you want the day before. Had a hot dog, saw it again at about mile 16 the next oh. day. <laughs> um, and then kind of <laughs> ran, walked it in, like, took off my watch, took off my pace. Like Mm -hmm. Bible, you know the the thing that tells you like what you should be running. I was like, ah. But mostly, I think when I've been going for a specific time, sometimes I get it, and sometimes I don't. And it doesn't mean that everything's gone horribly wrong. It just means that everything didn't go horribly right. If I didn't get kind of get to anymore, and then yeah. So
3: So what about the good ones then? What what were the ones that that stay with you?
1: So this London will definitely. Um, go down as one of my favorites I predicted to myself and to my family that I was going to run about 4.30 and then did um, 3.58 so that was I saw that on your right. Instagram that is bonkers yeah. that's so good um yeah nothing about my training this summer had suggested that that was going to happen I'd had bursitis in mm. my heel and doing mm. any speed work aggravated it so I basically it yeah. got the long runs in just to be like, "Yep, I'll get through the marathon and then did like three and four easy miles, like run walking during the weeks. No miles sub nine minutes and then ran, obviously, nine minute miles for 26 miles. So I don't really know how that happened. Wow. Um and then I ran London in 2017 with my now husband and that was one of those days where I just felt like the whole city was out to like support and saw so many friends on the course and ran the whole way with him and got him his PB and um, loved
2: that one. That's so lovely. That's something that I think Esther and I are both quite envious of because we've talked a couple of times on the pod before about having partners that don't run and it's so difficult to I mean it's it's lovely and they're supportive and but it is difficult when you are with somebody who maybe doesn't fully understand so not only having somebody who understands what it's like but also that you have literally run alongside and done that yeah. with
1: must be amazing um he, I would not call him a runner that was his second and last marathon then we got married and he was like okay. cool don't need to impress you anymore <laughs> that was five years ago <laughs> And I think we've maybe done a couple of park runs since then. Like, mm-hmm. n- I would not call him a runner. I was but like, at least he you? understands.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I was <laughs> like,
1: why don't you just? Do New York? I'd like to go and watch New York. And he was like, we could just go on holiday to New York, you
3: know.
0: And I was
3: like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so so, tell us about Berlin then, because we we did the half earlier on this year. So I I, I desperately want to know about the full. What's that like?
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's amazing. I I just love big city races. I think I thrive off the um, the atmosphere, the supporters, the kind of build up. I find it quite hard when it's silent. I think you know that the marathon is such a mental race that when it's just you mm. in your head and you can just hear all the feet around you. I find that difficult. Whereas when there's people screaming, there's people holding up signs, you can see the charity bibs, that really motivates me. Um, and I think Berlin for me, I'd missed getting sub four that year in Paris, so in April by 36 seconds. And oh my God. So that was the fire. Like I hit every training run, mm. I threw up in speed workouts, I gave my absolute all oh my to break four. <laughs> And then ran a 349 and was just absolutely oh, wow. shocked. Um and yeah, had a great day, had one of those days where again everything kind of just seems to work, except for having to climb over the fence to get into the corral. But I was like, if that's the bit that goes wrong, i <laughs> fine. Oh my god. <laughs> that is actually the stuff of like
3: actual literal nightmares. Like yeah. I I do I have had nightmares where I've had to be where I'm like but they're all starting and I'm not there I'm not in the oh I'm gonna have to climb over this I can't believe I actually had to do that in real life
1: (laughs) luckily marathon runners are so friendly people like threw us over one side hoisted us down the other um Mm -hmm. yeah I contemplated doing it in Chicago when our corral was kind of I don't know why they didn't let us in because we were there on time but I thought actually um probably America is not the kind of place to do this. The Europeans are a bit more relaxed about these types of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, do you know that happened to me That in the Berlin half hold, Do you remember that I was
3: supposed to be starting in a particular wave and it, it, I yeah. think it had yet to go and I found myself caught up in the wave beforehand and I was just around a load of people sort of dithering not knowing whether we should go or yeah. not, and uh, there was no kind of fanfare, that. and we it, just went. <laughs> we were just like, oh, okay, yeah. It okay. kind of okay.
2: happened with you with London last <laughs> well year
3: that you you were kind of yeah. off
2: and didn't even have time to kind of set your audio book and stuff off. That it was like, oh, and I'm <laughs> running awful. now, and I've yeah. just started it. <laughs>
1: okay. I had
2: I had a bad um, uh, one of those nightmares last night, not a real one, thank God. Okay. But because I'm running the bath half this weekend, I think this will. I think by the time this comes out, I will be very smugly having already run it and be recovering with the lovely dominoes and um but (laughs) yeah I um it sparked from the fact that I realized that they've slightly changed the route and it finishes up a hill that's, that's so mean. It's so evil. So I didn't realize that. It and I went and did it a little doesn't. practice. It does warning. It finishes up the Mar. It finishes up Marlborough Road. Sorry, Charlie, this is so dull. We do this all the time where we talk about really specific <laughs> bits of bath that no one cares about. Um, you have to run up Marlborough Road and into Victoria Park. That's the end. Oh,
3: that's really mean. It's
2: so mean. So I just supposed this to be doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're both supposed to be doing it I, I discovered this yesterday I, I'm sorry I, I wasn't going to break the news to you on the pod but here we are oh,
0: God. Um,
2: and I gave it a little practice run because I was like I need to I haven't I haven't even incorporated hills into my training at all um so I had a little practice run of it yesterday and um yeah and that definitely triggered I was just going to say that definitely definitely triggered a, a, a running stress stream But I'm just remembering now that it was a running stress dream where like, yeah, I wasn't there on time for the start or something. Uh, But also that I ended up, I thought I was going to be running the bath half, but I ended up watching uh, Squid Game the musical, which (laughs) I've entirely fabricated. I I don't (laughs) believe anybody's turned Squid Game into a musical yet, but that was what I did instead (laughs) of going to the bath half. Ah, okay. So, so this
1: comes weird. out soon. The the musical. I'm sure that you know, <laughs> I know. To be honest, yeah, it could have been. A,
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe we. Here we go. Let's trademark it now on the pod before <laughs> someone else gets get a it. chance. Get, get that yeah, Just good. very bizarre. Just very bizarre. Those weird dreams uh, that you have. The the kind I of pre race. Yeah,
3: do you know. I was just talking about it just like half an hour ago, talking about. Um, my classic dream which is fighting my legs into a pair of leggings that are overly tight and at the same time mm-hmm. seeing all of the runners go past me as they start the race and I'm still trying to get the leggings on and I'm fighting because they've oh, already God. started they've already started and I can't get my <laughs> leggings and then wake up going oh like that and uh, yeah that's my that's my classic <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I
1: don't think I have that's I'm more just worried that I'm gonna realistic. miss the run like that I'm just not going to wake up or I'm just going to be like, or yeah. actually I guess mine is more of like a train nightmares or well, like a getting to the start nightmare. Mm. Um, which actually That's I was usually mine really as well. surprised in, in London that Me, the trains yeah. all seem to work quite efficiently on. Yes. Traveling.
3: Because we had a, uh, we had and the strike the day before. And you
1: guys were staying in a, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was going to say as well,
2: you-, you guys were staying in a in a really nice central place, weren't you? I'm not 100% sure where yeah. the Western is, but yeah. I think you, you, it it looked very central and all quite easy.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just by mansion house tube. So um, just on the river there. And I, I, just, I don't know how, about you, I just walked to London Bridge, which was super easy and then two stops on the train yeah, I, mm-hmm. I didn't I had no even though I'm from London I have
3: no clue about geography and I had to get to one of the more weird uh stops um I can't remember which one it was now it, it wasn't Blackheath or Greenwich it was the other one um so I was I kind of I got this train but it was it, it was the bit that was stressing me out the most was the logistics was the kind of actually getting there and I sat it took me like three hours the night before with like you know, my phone and, and kind of figuring out what time I should get up. And I wanted to get there really yeah. early. And I was worried about the strikes and everything. And then I just happened upon, it wasn't even on like train line or anything like that. I just happened upon like a, a local uh, London thing, which just, uh, uh, yeah, don't worry, trains are going to be operating because of marathon runners and um, and at that, because I was just really stressing, really stressing that before just going, oh my God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to, I'm going to have to get a taxi. I'm going to have to do this and the other. Um, but, uh, but no, it's just a packed train, but it was, yeah, it was, it's logistics is like actually getting to the start line on the morning of the race is almost as stressful as like all of the training leading up to it. I thought, um, But Mm. happily, yeah, we weren't too far away, so that was good. But anyway, um, I'm rambling on and I want to talk more about your running because, like, for me, you have been quite kind of, like, pervasive. You've been everywhere. (laughs) Like When I first started doing, like, women's running, so 2019, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, um, I saw you everywhere and you were probably one of the first little number of of runners that I started following on Instagram Uh, because I do remember in about January or February following you and turning around to a colleague and saying oh this woman's amazing. We really need to get on the cover. And it was her that said, "Yeah, she's already been on it." And I was like, "Oh, shit." <laughs> I
2: think I remember I think I remember putting you, Charlie, in that same conversation in the office that we had. I think I remember doing a little thing that was like 10 runners to follow on Instagram that are going to give yeah. you motivation or something and sticking Aww. you on there as well. Thank <laughs> you. I but feel whole-
1: like that's probably around the time I like dropped off the face of the earth in terms of running because I was working I started a job in the NHS in February 2020 mm. and then obviously we all know what happened kind of yeah from then on and so yeah. my running fell off a cliff that year well um, yeah
3: you had you had a lot to do I think but, but, uh, no. but yeah so but I was just I was just really interested in finding out how you got into it like how like the, the, the sort of the two the two kind of journeys that you've taken I mean there's a number of Journeys there, isn't there? But there's like the running bit, there's the kind of influencer bit, there, mm-hmm. you know, there's also the NHS bit. It's like how 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 did all those things start? Like was where where did that
1: so happen? the running and the in inverted commas influencer bit started together because I started my blog to mm. try to basically bully my friends and family into sponsoring me for my first marathon. And that was back in Mm -hmm. 2011. Um, And it was I was running, running was just so out of my comfort zone. It was I didn't know how far a marathon was. It just sounded like something that was going to get people talking about. So I raised money in memory of one of my friends um, and raised money for Mind. So it was something that would get people talking and something that would be a positive outcome to kind of his death and some mm. way of kind of channeling my grief because I hadn't dealt with it when he died three years earlier. And so, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a something for me. And I don't think I realized I was doing it for me until I started training and running and found such peace and um, kind of happiness out on the run. It was more a case of, right, do something that seems crazy and raise money and talk about mental health, especially mm. mental health in men. And yeah, the blog was sort of me documenting it. I started reading running blogs around that time. Um, and it also helped me try to get a job or I did get a job successfully at Good Housekeeping Magazine. And um, so it was kind of a, here's my writing. I'm writing about running and sort of a bit of recipe writing. And they both developed quite organically from, from there. And so, so what was that first
3: marathon that you did?
1: That was London back in
3: 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. So that must have been quite an amazing, probably an emotional experience.
1: It was, it was emotional in terms of I wanted to quit many, many times and, um, and more a case of getting to that finish line and just being like, I cannot believe that we have gone through. I think we trained, my friend and I trained for like six months to get there from literally one mile. And um, But it wasn't I didn't cry the same way that I've cried with kind of happiness and or frustration because I had no nothing to kind of compare myself to at that point. So, yes, I was in pain because my feet hurt, but I've cried finishing races because I've achieved my goal and I've cried finishing races because I haven't Mm. achieved my goal. And I found those more emotional. But this was just quite fun and Aside from hitting the wall and not really fueling, it was more a case of like, oh, my gosh, we've done it. Yeah. 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 Did you find that you could do that? Like, did you manage to do it
2: running the whole way, feeling relatively (laughs) confident and comfortable having trained from the one mile or not?
1: Um, like we did our 20 mile, run So I knew we'd finish. but yeah, I hit the wall so badly. We had like a few Haribo and a few Lucas aid on the course. And that's Ooh. basically it. Um, yeah. and I don't think either of us even knew anything about splits or about like what we should be running in. And we just, so we just ran. And so we, when we saw our friends, we would run a bit faster. And when we were on our own, we'd probably be running a bit yeah. slower. And yeah. Um, Somewhere, you know, there's that arbitrary, like, oh, I'd love to run a sub five, even though, I not looking back, I'm like, who, where did we pull that figure from? I have no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we did four fifty four, and we were both absolutely thrilled with that. So, um, yeah. do you know? It's funny. I okay. was just thinking, Hall, oh, yeah. I
3: was, I was, I was hmm. thinking when we were planning for your next trip. Um, we were having a chat with all of our podcasters a couple of weeks ago. And do you remember there was someone there that was talking about fueling for, I think it was for a half marathon or something. And they were sort of saying, oh, you know, what would you do? What would you suggest? Whatever. And I remember with all of the, you know, knowledge and experience that I've garnered over the last three years and stuff, I was like, well, you know, you can't go out there with a handful of Haribo and a bit of Lucas age. You've got to do this and da da da." Um, But then actually, when I thought back to like the first time that I was doing races, like almost 20 years ago now, that I did go out, I didn't go out with any, I certainly didn't go out with any water, certainly didn't have any Mm. gels um I still didn't don't have, have that with any water I know and I've told. I keep on telling you off and you still don't listen to me but I know it's like I'm yeah, really but, bad but, so it- for like buying a
2: doing exactly that buying a packet of jelly babies halfway through and maybe a Lucas and then having another yeah, crack an at the next not- half of the you're- long run <laughs> <laughs> I'm maybe so hard an like
1: so them. really it's just the amount so if you're having the right amount of jelly babies there's no like reason that that doesn't work mm. other than you know, maybe sodium if it's a really hot day but yeah this was probably like 10 haribo throughout 26 miles yeah, I st- yeah 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 which is
2: just pop it does not sound like enough haribo for any occasion <laughs>
3: <laughs> so but that that kind of leads on quite nicely to like your day job as an nhs mm-hmm. dietitian did did that lead mm. you to become an nhs <laughs> dietitian yeah.
1: so I'm um, i so I trained for the marathon and i was like hmm I'm not really losing any weight here i thought like running was supposed to make you like shed the pounds and then my job at Good Housekeeping was writing and testing the recipes. So we'd be like, oh, we've got to do a cake feature. Let me make this cake, eat this cake, take this cake home. I was doing Christmas in July and eating multiple roast dinners <laughs> and being like, hmm, just a couple of miles this week. And it hasn't, you know, I haven't seen any difference. So um, I started to become more interested personally in t- kind of nutrition started to look at what we were sharing in the magazine try and think of more um of ways of kind of sharing bits of nutritional information and then was like I need some sort of it was more a case of I was like there's so many people at at that time so many people sharing their kind of clean eating or their their nutritional expertise online with zero qualifications that I wanted to then basically be like be a kind of a voice or i thought i was going to be a voice with this actual degree and this qualification and the kind of the evidence base to, to back up what i was saying so i went back to uni um when i in 2015 i think i think it was like basically the, the first day was the day after i'd run the berlin marathon um oh i was like goodness. hi everybody hobbling <laughs> um, <laughs> and um yeah, while I was there, I thought I was going to do sports nutrition and do kind of magazines and continue working in journalism. And then I did a placement in the hospital and absolutely fell in love and love acute dietetics now.
3: What does that What does that mean? What does that involve? Yeah,
1: so define, because
2: we are idiots on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess at the moment, it, it, clinical dietetics is kind of, it can be quite a broad subject and people can um working in dietetics you can cl- treat people that are in a of commas as well and then people that are unwell mm. so in a more of a cu- acute setting it's more people that are quite unwell so we s- treat post stroke oncology patients um neurological like head traumas re- in the rehab with people that are suffering from kidney disease with um you know the kind of secondary impacts of diabetes lots of different areas of nutrition um I work in general medical in a big teaching hospital so we see kind of a bit of everything
3: wow okay mm-hmm. that I mean that's a huge huge job but then obviously like you were talking about earlier it it was turned on its head rather during lockdown What what happened then
1: so I had just qualified and just started my first job um so it was not that dissimilar I don't think other than um I was working on intensive care quite early on I volunteered um to work on intensive care so that was in full PPE um, seeing very unwell ventilated intubated yeah. patients just a mm-hmm. lot of poor prognosis I actually struggled the most with the amount of um suicide and suicide attempts that we saw and that I found Mm. very hard to deal with and yeah I think it was it was just very emotionally emotionally draining I was also working at a hospital that was quite well NHS very understaffed anyway but we were working we were being paid to work six days worth of hours in five um so I mean, early starts so late finishes I'd come home and watch like the same tv programs over and over again so that I didn't really have to concentrate and wasn't there was no kind of sh- you know shock or fear of I'd, what's going to happen it was like oh okay I've watched this episode before it was a very weird time but um yeah, yeah. so and when, when did that yeah, all that sounds, start that sounds bizarre yeah
3: um when, when so when did that all start getting better
1: So I moved hospitals from a district general to a big kind of tertiary teaching centre in February 2021, and then it was kind of slightly different in terms of it was I wasn't on intensive care anymore. There was um, we were trying to open up outpatients again. We were it was a kind of a bit of more of a transition into normal practice. We were on the wards. Whereas they had previously been working remotely to reduce the number of people on wards and people exposed, so yeah, I would say that other than kind of being in in PPE and not even full PPE in, in like a mask and an apron and gloves for when you're in to see the patient, it's not too dissimilar to how it is now other than that you know you can go for lunch and with Groups of people. We weren't. We didn't have a social life outside of the hospital, so we actually were quite relieved to be able to go in and speak to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so,
3: and uh, was that when your running was picking up again around that time?
1: Yeah. So when I moved jobs, I um moved from driving into London to driving out of Reading, which is where I live now. And and there's a train that I could get, so I started doing a bit of a like walk commute and then run commute again. Um, and then we had a period where it rained for like three weeks in a row, and I got out of the run commute habit, but by then, my running had picked up again, so I started off literally just running the two miles back to the station um as a run walk and just kind of picked it back mm. up from from there
3: and and I mean and now yeah. you've you've gone from there to obviously you're doing marathons again in, yeah. in ridiculously short spaces of time and <laughs> uh, and you also lead a group, don't you?
1: So yeah, I lead a monthly group from um, from the Western called Rise and Run, which is the first Thursday of every month, seven a.m. We just do a five k. So we had it last week, and a couple of us, I walked it with a, with some other runners that had done either Berlin or London. There were people doing kind of recovery runs, and then there's people that turn up and you know run a twenty two minute five k. It's um, it's yeah, it's very much a kind of all all abilities meet, have coffee stick around afterwards for a juice or um something but yeah, it's, it's a nice that's way lovely. to start the day
3: yeah it does sound like a really yeah, lovely thing that's really nice
2: i was i was just gonna ask a quick question about pacing while we were kind of talking mm. so i was just thinking about that um yeah you just seem very speedy but also on a like lovely relatable way because often i think i see people who run kind of nine minute miles and stuff as like A completely different breed of person to me but lots of the stuff that you're saying I'm actually really resonating with like picking things back up and starting with walk running and starting with kind of lower mileages and building up what would be sorry to put you on the spot with this but what would be your kind of top tips for increasing pace because I feel like I've been working hard on increasing my kind of endurance and the distance that I can run at the moment but I am struggling a little bit with trying to. I feel as though the longer I run at the moment, the slower I am, which does kind of make sense. But yeah. I have been working really hard on trying to increase my fitness, and I'm not quite sure why the pace isn't falling into into place in the same way. So, mm. yeah, have you got any kind of advice on that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the things that have worked for me are doing kind of structured speed workouts. So, um, doing shorter reps so like 400s 800s even just like mm-hmm. two minutes on two minutes off that sort of thing just to kind of get your body used to running faster running with other people okay. that are faster than you um yeah doing not kind of focusing on some of the shorter distances this is my plan for next year is to try and get a 5k pb because at the moment my 5k pace is not that dissimilar to my half marathon pace like not enough anyway mm-hmm. um and then slowing down those easy runs or, or, or run walking. And actually often I find that my, I'd still run walk multiple times a week and my running mm. pace is often faster because I've got that walk break and the overall pace is faster than if I'd just run it all.
2: That's so interesting. I, yeah, I think that's really useful advice. I think seeing the same in the same, you, you can apply the kind of same thing that you have when you're increasing a your distance, if you're training for a, a half marathon or a marathon or whatever, to that pacing in that way you've described. In that, if you're just getting your body used to little bits at a time of 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 running faster, then you can kind of build on that. Yeah, that's that's a great shout. And I do find that with running with other people as well. Whenever I run with my friend Lex, who I sometimes run with, I, my pace is always faster, and I won't feel like. I am particularly more knackered but then when I'll go to run myself a similar distance even though I know I can do it because I've done it with her I still find myself really pulling back yeah
3: yeah yeah but that's super
2: interesting thank you
3: um and I I want to ask um marathon tips I want marathon tips because you've done so many (laughs) and you've done them in such a short space of time as well like doing you know back to back London and Chicago and stuff um I've been asked to do another marathon next year after we do our half, um, in March. And I just want to know if I have to do the same intensity of training as I did for London, because it felt like for London, I've been training. It feels like I've been training since January. And I I know that was like, it was entirely my decision because we had, I had a couple of half marathons in March and April this year. And I just decided to, build up to that and just to keep that intensity up. So I I think I was saying to Holly the other week, I've been doing a half marathon every weekend at least since January. Um, And so, and then, uh, you know, in July, August, and obviously ramping up to to Mm. 16, 18, 20 kind of distance sort of thing. But that feels quite intense. Do I have to do the same thing all over again? Or now that I've done it once, can I just like not do so much training (laughs) and I have a feeling that would be a great
1: answer if that was the answer yeah you've done it all (laughs) um honestly I think it depends what your goal is for the marathon next year I think if your goal is just to finish then absolutely you can do I would say still the long runs are really important but you could you could and I think should drop down in terms of distances after this next half marathon and do some kind of 5K, 10K stuff if you want to or just run for fun for a while without a training plan and Mm. then kind of pick back up. Mm. If it's, say, an April race, pick up in January. If it's a bit later, you can give yourself a little bit more time. I think if you are going for a specific time in the new year, you should still do the same thing in terms of cut back on mileage now and then build back up. But yeah, you are going to need to, or to get the most out of yourself, you're going to need to do some quite intense training. Whether that's long runs with pace involved, whether that's speed work, hills, that sort of thing. Um, but I also think it's, it's important to be realistic because like we said, there's so many people that you see online that are like running sub nine minute miles and smashing it all the time. Uh, they might have mm. time to run six times a week. When I ran Berlin, I ran three times a week and then cross-trained because that's yeah. all I had the time for and wanted to do it the, when I was 24. Um, and yeah. now I'm, I'm running probably four or five times a week um, but with some of those are like run walks with friends, some of them a dog run, you know, runs with my dog, some of them are long runs. And I think it's,
0: yeah. it's
1: really important to be realistic about what you want to achieve from that race, and what you have the time and mental energy for, because that sounds like training half marathon every weekend from January. That sounds brutal, not only on your body, but also on your mind. And I think that that giving yourself some time now will probably help both physically and mentally when in the new year when it comes to kind of start ramping back up again
3: yeah I think that makes that makes mm. all the sense I do I do feel like I need a bit of a break um yeah it would be be nice to just do that before I have to face the horror of that piece of paper stuck on my fridge uh, again which was just
1: And <laughs> I mean yeah, <laughs> God, there's so I many different types of training plans there's Hansen's method which um kind of peeps out at 16 miles. That works for some people. That wouldn't work for me because I need the 20 miler to mentally be like, right, you've reached 20 mm. miles. You can do this. Mm. Um, but there are some some training plans where the mileage is higher, somewhere it's lower, somewhere the intensity is higher. This training cycle, I did a lot, a lot of easy runs, a lot of run walks, and it just meant that, like, especially if, I love, I love a run walk. Um, I'm like, I can run for four minutes. That's completely fine. Or I did almost all of my long runs as nine-minute run, one-minute walk this summer, almost every wow. single long run. And okay. it made it quite enjoyable. I did a lot of gel taste testing on the run, which was quite oh, That fun. was funny. Um, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, so I just, just run for nine minutes and I walk for a minute and then at three miles I'm going to have a gel and that's going to, you know, I film it and it's going to be quite fun. And, yeah, I think – signing up for races so that you're doing even if it's like a half marathon you've signed up for then you do two miles beforehand two miles after it doesn't feel like 17 miles it feels like a half marathon with a warm-up and cool down
3: yeah yeah I think yeah Yeah. that makes it makes so much sense it's just it it's nice to take the pressure off I was just thinking like as well that that the reason why for, for me London Marathon was like an amazing intense incredible experience but also The one big word that I've used to describe it to most people is it was fine. And the reason it was fine was because I'd sorted out what I was eating and what I was drinking all the way through it. And I used that as my strategy. And then also the mantra that I pulled in halfway through the race when someone that was um, older than me, you know, a woman that was older than me ran past me. And I immediately had a kind of, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going too slow. I'm going too slow. And then I just brought in the, this is your race. This is your race. It's your race. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's, yours, it's nothing to do with anyone else. It's all yours. And that was absolutely psychologically the thing that really, really helped me kind of get to the finish line and just trying to get to the end. And I think mm-hmm. that's because I I don't I don't ever want to get faster, I don't think. Um, I'm just not bothered about it. Yeah. I just want to complete. So, so um, two
1: things that you said there, yeah. firstly, car like fueling. Honestly, I think carbs were king when it came to me running my sub four the other day. And um, mm. I carb load, pro- carb loaded properly for the first time ever, where I literally calculated how many carbs I was taking in. I felt so bloated for about three days afterwards, but great on race day and took seven gels, which I've mm. never taken that many gels during the race before. I did too. <laughs> yeah. And it helps so much. Mm-hmm. But it makes me a bit sad that you've just said it was fine. Like London is supposed to be amazing. or
3: Oh, no, no, no. I, what I mean is, I guess it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best it days is. of my life. But I was expecting to hit the wall. Yeah. I was expecting this really shitty experience yeah. at like mile 20 and have six miles of absolute agony. And every step I took from 20 miles onwards was fine.
2: Okay, like good. I'm glad fine. you've clarified. I mean, mine, is, mine is quite an enthusiastic. Yeah, tester, it
3: was, I'd say I, like surprisingly, <laughs> like well, no, no, because the rest of it was absolutely. It was. It was all incredible. But to be able to run those last miles and to not feel like my legs are going to fall off, to not feel as I'm going to puke or poo myself or or just completely hit the wall or pull a whitey, like yeah. you see, you know, you see those marathon runners wobble to the finish, and you're yeah. like, shit, that's gonna be me. That's gonna be me. And I feel exactly the same as you that. I carb loaded like a queen in the week leading up to that. Well, yeah, the three days leading up to it, yeah. I did I was like absolutely just didn't touch anything else but and it really, really worked. And and what I ate while I well, the gels that I took while I was running and having all these electrolytes on my back and ev- everything pointed to you will have a race that doesn't feel like shit. So it was just um, all amazing. So
1: Yeah, mm. I think that makes that gives us the enthusiasm to do it again and you know that like it was that you you feel good that the emotion kind of crossing the finish line the fact that you have seen what worked for you in terms of fueling in terms of like what to drink what to eat um Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that you can get to that last six miles and still have energy in the tank is quite reassuring yes I did feel like I could go a little bit further which was mental
3: Um, But also, yeah, discovering the right gels, because when I did the virtual, I was taking some gels that had caffeine in them. um, And then towards the end of, I think, I remember 18, 19 miles and just I'm really not feeling very well and definitely not wanting to take my final gel. I didn't want to take it. Yeah. And I think I only had a bit of it. Whereas this one, I was fine Mm -hmm. and no caffeine. And it was, you know, I had quite a lot of coffee to begin with, but that was... (laughs) All, all evacuated before the start line so it's all fine um <laughs> <laughs> but the gels were all they they were just brilliant absolutely brilliant so um and I think I've come to the same conclusion as you on the cool. type of gel as well so
1: oh interesting yeah okay. we're not yeah. I guess we're not allowed to share brands no I'm always talking
3: about it it's precision hydration is yeah. the one that I take so yeah good
1: have you tried so the caffeine one of those though
3: I haven't yet actually I have to say
1: so I really think the timing of the caffeine is the most important thing as long as your gut can kind of handle caffeine so I tested it out on runs um, mm. and I took my caffeinated ones at 90 90 minutes to go and 60 minutes to go no 90 minutes and two hours so so that they would kick in for the last hour because um, right. they take about 60 minutes to reach full effect in the bloodstream and i really felt that i kind of needed that for the last bit so i found uh, i found that really helpful
3: that's really really interesting
1: yeah i'll, I'll, pra- I'll practice on the long run not on
3: race day but anyways. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah otherwise yeah i totally swear by them absolutely brilliant um mm-hmm. so um what's next for you then charlie start getting into gels <laughs> yeah you have to hole. God's sake! I um, know. <laughs>
1: oh, um, yeah. What's next? What's you? next? What's, what? So um, I've been quite vocal about this on my Instagram, but my husband and I are having a baby via surrogate. Um, yeah. Very very soon. So that's, very soon. Congrats. The kind of next project. Um, and then <laughs> running wise, yeah, like just trying to work on the short distance because I feel like that's maybe the best time you know like I'm not going to be probably wanting to go out on 3 hour long runs and right now I definitely don't. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, trying to work on that 5k, 10k, even kind of half marathon speed for the next 6 8 months and then um would really really want to target um a Boston qualifying time So sub 3:35 next autumn.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh goodness me. That is yeah. A,
1: a... incredible. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh look, um I know I know this is happening so soon for you. So you know the best of luck for the next well the next couple of weeks (laughs) and uh which I know are going to be you know life-changing and and life-affirming and amazing um Mm -hmm. but also for you know the next chapter in your life which is um going to be very exciting to see
1: thank you Uh, yeah I really appreciate that um yeah I might be a little less uh less vocal on Instagram for a little while I don't know what life yeah. is going to be like over the next few few weeks and months but um yeah very Thursday. excited oh
3: well we can't wait to hear more about it but
1: yes we yeah. will appreciate
3: some downtime I think on on the whole social side of stuff but uh, <laughs>
1: I think just in life I need to go I, I need to make <laughs> the most this last few weeks I was like this speaking to a friend this morning and I was like she said what are you doing this weekend and I said I'm going to try and have my maybe one of my last lion weekend lions quite a while so yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> oh god best of luck charlie Aww, i hope we'll you'll mm-hmm. we'll we be rooting for you
1: obviously yeah thanks so much
3: thank you for listening do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast this podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe, that way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon, and you'll receive a special patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly, plus you can come and chat to us live every month too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running.